Hello there, dear listener. Tom Whitcomb here, host of Show Some Respect. Tom Whitcomb is talking. We have a great episode for you today. A little reminder, I'm going to be at the Adelaide Fringe all this week from the 14th to the 18th of March. Then I'm in Melbourne from the 5th to the 22nd of April. And finally, the Sydney Comedy Festival on the 19th, 21st and 22nd of May. Or something like that. Maybe not exactly those dates, but pretty close. If you want more details, you can click on the link in the show notes or go to my Instagram. All the details are there. Until then, enjoy the episode. Today we're going to talk about a horrendous gig I did on Wednesday night, what comedian Sam Campbell said to me when we met for the first time, my plans for Adelaide this week, and a Woody Harrelson movie where he coaches a team of Down Syndrome basketball players. That's a real thing that's happening right now in 2023. How about it? Also, at the very end of the episode, you're going to hear the grand unveiling of my South African accent as... Liam Neeson's character in Taken, delivering the famous monologue in a Seth African accent. It's going to be absolutely choice. You're going to love it. Oh, hello. Hello there. Welcome to Show Some Respect. Tom Whitcomb is talking. Your favourite podcast, I hope, but doubt. Maybe. Who knows? Who? Maybe it is your favourite podcast. I don't, maybe you have questionable taste. Who's to say? It's great to be here yet again. Episode number 51 of... 52, in fact. Number 52. We are making it through. They're getting better every week. I think we can agree. Imagine... Imagine if I actually get to number 100 this year, as I have promised, and yet am clearly not on track to do. I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys are, are really good mathematicians or anything, but um, this is episode 52. Uh, I have 48 left, including this one. To be fair, if I'm going to get to 100 this year, and it's uh, it's mid March, you know now. Do your own research to work out how those numbers work out. When I'm doing one a week, it's just not going to... I think what's going to happen is I'm going to get to like December 17th and be like, huh, so I need to release an episode every single day this week. And I'm recording on a Sunday after recording on a Tuesday. And I'm already like, I don't know what happens in those last two days, but I'm like, I, I need I need something. i got no idea. I've been scanning news.com.au for looking for things to talk about for the last half hour. And it's just, it's so... It's such a concern what news.com.au is. I mean, news is just clickbait now. The note that turned a man's life upside down. In a few words, a city man's life changed forever and has shocked and rocked his entire family. Warning, distressing images. That's front page of news.com.au. That's And then if you go to the Daily Mail Instagram, which I also did, if you go to the Daily Mail Instagram, the, the, you know, they don't even link you to the article. They don't even pretend. I don't even. I'm not even in hundred percent convinced they wrote the article. I think they're like, no one really, no one wants the details on this. Just throw a headline out. Just, just tell the world I changed genders at eighty. My wife has Alzheimer's, but she understands. That's the headline of this article with no link, because we don't need to know any more than that, do we? Really? Just, I hate. I hate. Um, what's the term? The world. I ditched my coffee job to make 30000 a month as a Megan Fox lookalike. Who, where, where's that money coming from? Who's 30, who is contributing to that $30,000? I will never know because the Daily Mail doesn't include a link because no one really wants to know. 
it, this is just, it's so bleak. Queer Eye star Tom Jackson has died at, oh, well, that's sad. I spent $4,700 converting a dumpster into a compact home. Now my living costs are just $60 per month. Wow. If, <laughs> what an aspirational life. This guy lives in a skip bin and he saves money. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought that the, the solved cost of living is just to, you know, turn into a human Oscar the Grouch? That's, uh, who, who'd have thought you could save money that way? I'm a heterosexual man, but my wardrobe is half women's clothing. Hi, uh, this is the Daily Mail calling. Um, I'm just wondering, do you know any weirdos? Would they be up for a, for a quick chat? Would that, be, would that be cool? Oh, no, 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 no. Of course we won't call them weird. We'll, we'll say that we're on the side of progress. Human Calculator reveals her surprising tip to make your child a maths genius. I, I think I know the answer to this one. Surprising tip to make your child a maths genius. I think it's get them vaccinated. I think that's how you do that. You, If you shove enough Pfizer into uh, anyone who hasn't gone through puberty yet, give it time, they will start being able to do their 27 times tables, I reckon. Uh, <laughs> This is the show some respect. Tom Whitcomb is spreading disinformation podcast. It's great to be here. I listened to too much Russell Brand this week. That's what happened. Russell Brand was on the Joe Rogan experience and suddenly I was like, is the whole world a conspiracy theory? I think it might be. I think it might be because the guy from Forgetting Sarah Marshall says it is. It's, um, I, I, I got vaccinated for the last time like a good 12 months ago and yet I listen to three hours of Joe Rogan and Russell Brand talking. I'm like, my heart does not feel right. There's something up here. I don't think, I think I've been tricked. We need to start a protest. Is it too late for me to join the anti-vax movement? It's such a, you know, because I think I, I legitimately listen to Russell Brand talk about, talk about COVID conspiracies and, uh, and, and the ruling elite and the Illuminati. Not in those words, but that's what he's getting at. For, for, for 180 minutes, and by the end of it, I was like, should I, have, should I have protested? Should that have been me out there with the bikies and the uh, single mothers? Should that have been me? And then you think about, like, uh, even if I 100% agreed with all of them, I don't really want to spend any time with them. And I'd say that for both ends. I don't really want to spend any time with anyone who uh, likes to protest. I've still never been to a protest. Is that bad? Is that a concern? Should I have been? Should I have protested something by now? I kind of feel like there must have been something that I disagreed with, but um, nothing just yet. So uh, look, that's fine. It's it's great to be here. I'm, I'm, this is my last podcast before I head off to Adelaide. I'm flying to Adelaide tomorrow morning, seven a.m. Going to the city of churches, and uh, phew, Jesus, that's scary. That is so so frightening. Um, oh God. I just, it, now, maybe, maybe you are listening to the podcast for the first time because you might have come to some of my shows this week and this this will only come up on Tuesday. My first show is Tuesday night. Maybe you're like, oh, that was great last night. We'll, we'll check him out. And, and please tell me it was great. Tell me it was okay. Was it fine? Was it fine? Did you and the other three people enjoy it, even though two of those people were friends of mine? Did that Was that a good time? Everyone who's there on the ground tells me it's been impossible to sell tickets. And I'm like, but, but I'm throwing money at it. Doesn't that solve it? But I've given Facebook so much money. I have given Facebook so much money to, 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 to sell advertising for my shows. Meta should just send two or three of its staff just, just to reassure me that someone knows that this is happening. Please, I will take any, any, 
send send Meta's latest team of grads across. To, to no, they're not going to be in my market at all. If you, I bet, I bet that uh, Meta's team of graduates is an equal split of males, females, and non-binaries. That's what I reckon the tech world is is uh, pulling in in the uh, twenty-one to twenty-five-year-olds demographic. Apparently, I was caught up with a friend of mine today who's got a couple of kids. One is twelve, the other one's sixteen, and he's like, "Yeah, they're all they're all pronouned up." They come home and uh, they're like, "How was school today, Sarah?" She's like, "Well, mum." Um, by the way, my pronouns are she/her again. Um, no, 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 not they/them. That was yesterday. Uh, oh yeah, and by the way, uh, go ahead and flush those anti-hormone pills. <laughs> oh god, I got I got told my episode last week was a little bit edge lordy by one of my loyal listeners, and that really threw me. I'm like, I don't want to. I hate. I've been. Here's a fun story. Um, some of you may know Sam Campbell. Sam Campbell, one of Australia's great emerging comedians. I shouldn't say emerging. He won Best Show at the Edinburgh Fringe last year. Um, he's been on the Melbourne Gala a few times. He's just, he's excellent. He's an absolute, he's like a savant when it comes to comedy. He's got a, a special, he's got a special on YouTube. Uh, I need to have a look up what it's called. But if you search Sam Campbell, S-A-M-C-A-M-P-B-E-L-L, Companion is what it's called. Um, it is shot entirely in a circular camera uh, as if it's through the barrel of a it's it's looking through the scope of a sniper rifle because it's shot from the perspective of four snipers in his audience it's so funny it's so anyway i'm a huge fan of sam's and even before like he's had a bit more success recently but even a little bit before that i was a big fan of his i met him at a show we were on the show together and uh he um he he. We start talking, and I introduce myself, thinking he's going to have no idea who I am. He's like, "No, no, I've I've seen you before." And I'm like, "Oh, really?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, I've seen you in a couple of roast battles, and I've seen some sets." And I'm like, "Oh man!" And I was so happy about it. I was like, "Oh, I can't believe Sam Campbell knows who I am." He goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." A bit of an edge lord, I believe. And I'm like, "Oh, sorry, Sam. Excuse me for a second. I'm just going to go outside and slap myself a few times. I hope you don't mind. I'm going to go and bang my head against the back of a brick wall and wonder if I'm doing the right things in life because that really I hate that." I hate being called that because I think at least partially the reason I hate it is pretty hard to fight against. Like, what me, what part of my set of defending pedophiles and Kevin Spacey do you think was edgelordy? I don't understand. What, where in my part of criticizing the AFLW do you think I was just trying to be deliberately offensive? I can't imagine where that's coming from. It's a shame because I think I. it's this classic thing of people give something a bad label and you've got to find a reason to stop liking it. But, um, hey, if I'm an edge lord, well, so be it. I've spent my whole life edging. I'm not going to stop now, all right? It's, um, you should check out Sam Campbell. He also says something so funny. He's just like, Sam Campbell, if you know any of his stuff, like, he's very absurd and very, like, but still, you, you kind of lose track of just how quick he is. Like, it's all great joke writing, smart premises, really, really clever stuff, and, he is surprisingly, like to me, I was quite taken aback by how funny he was off stage. He's so quick. He just kind of, he, he, he just, he cuts through so quickly. I was with um, was Sam and another comedian um, who, uh, Sam and I were talking about uh, the kind of, you know, we're turning 30 and, and you know, people, our parents are starting to get sick and, and, and it's, you know, it's quite scary that we're getting to that age where that stuff happens. And, um, not our parents specifically, but like our friends and people around us. And it was because he was talking about one of his friends uh, was at their 
partner's dad's funeral that weekend. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's so sad. We're getting to that age. You're like, well, yeah, look at, um, we'll call him Toby. It's not his name. Uh, look at Toby. You know, Toby's dad, he, he passed away recently. It's so sad. It's so, so sad. I feel so sorry for him. Five minutes later, Toby is talking about how he uh, won a comedy competition. And he's like, yeah, I need, still need to go get the, uh, the trophy. Uh, I need to go get it engraved. And Sam goes, oh, speaking of men in graves, oh, just beautiful. Beautiful work to the guy whose dad had just died. Speaking of men in graves, just how do you do that? That's that's the that's the goal. That's what I'm in it for. When I can really just perfectly tear down someone who's lost a loved one, that's that's what I'm looking forward to. That's what I'm trying to trying to get to. That's what I'm building towards. It's what all the skills are for. So uh, yeah, well, I don't know. I remember how I got into that edge lordy stuff. Oh, I got to tell you about this gig. I'm going to say about this gig I did on Wednesday, which is kind of a, a good reflection of that. Oh, I'll, I'll finish Adelaide. I'm going to Adelaide. I'm going to Adelaide. I hope you. I, I hope some of you might be listening, having come to the shows, um, I, and presumably that means the show went well. Unless you saw it and was banned, like who the fuck? What? What kind of person would do a show like that? How does someone like that? What? How they live with themselves? And then you can listen to this podcast, and be like, oh god, this guy just keeps getting more tragic. He just sits and he talks to himself for half an hour every week, 52 times. I don't really learn. But maybe you enjoyed it. Maybe you're a new fan. Welcome. Welcome to the team. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a small but tight-knit community, the show some respect, Tom Whitcomb uh, talking listeners. So uh, welcome. Glad to have you here. Maybe it's the other way. Maybe I'm having a fucking breakout season at the Adelaide Fit. Maybe I'm winning awards. Maybe uh, the project want to interview me. Maybe, maybe I'm going to be so good, they're going to be like, you know what, we don't need to do this diversity thing anymore. Tom Whitcomb has proven we only need straight white men in comedy. We thought we needed diversity. He, nah, he proved it. He proved it. We, ha- we, we, we had it right the first time. We had it right the first time. Straight white dudes. That was, we should have trusted our instincts on that one instead of second-guessing ourselves and getting all this diversity involved. No, no that's fine. Um, <laughs> uh, Adelaide, is, uh, Adelaide starts on Tuesday. Well, I get there on Monday. First show on Tuesday, last show on Saturday, back on Sunday. Uh, I don't know, maybe I'll record a podcast when I'm over there. Maybe I'll record one when I return. Um, stay tuned. Stay tuned to see how it went. And uh, and know that no matter how good I say it was, it probably was about 20% worse. Um, you know, there's there's definitely a little bit of sample bias when it comes to reporting back. You, you just, just know. And even if I say, I might say it was great, which means it was probably good. Uh, and I might say it was good, which means it was okay. And if I say it was okay, it was bad. It was a bad time. I'm, I'm doubting not just comedy, but life in general. But who's to say? We'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. We'll see you next week in episode 53, and we'll, we'll tell some harsh truths. Um, I've got to tell you about this gig on Wednesday night. I did a gig, Magic Mike Comedy, one of my favorite comedy rooms, something that's very close to my heart. My first ever gig was a Magic Mike Comedy night back when it was an open mic, and then it graduated to a new room. It became a, a paid... Uh, well, no, we don't get paid, but you have to pay to go, so that counts. It, it became a, it became a, a, a selective. You know, you had to be chosen to be on the lineup. You had to have some chops. You had to have some skills. There's a paying audience. They're expecting, they're expecting good stuff. And um, I always love going there. A friend of mine put it really well. It feels like playing at home. It does. It, feel, it feels like playing with a home ground advantage because it's like I know the guy who runs it. I've been in that room. Literally, I've been. I've probably performed at that room literally hundreds of times. Um, which is it's pretty crazy. Like it's, it's so comfortable, and yet 
Wednesday night, one of the worst gigs I have done or been a part of. And what I mean by that is both my performance and the entire evening. What? Oh, just dog shit. And please don't think that I'm, I'm tarnishing the name of Magic My Comedy. It's usually such a good show. Uh, but uh, oh, not on... Not on Wednesday, it wasn't. It was it was rough. It was really rough going. So um, I get there, and it's like it's it's weird when it's it, there's there was a crowd, there was a crowd, a genuine crowd of people who'd paid to be there, looking forward to seeing some some pretty crash hot comedy. And oh my goodness, just just everyone just eating shit again and again and again, ten minutes at a time. It was it was just so overwhelming and then and then at one stage uh there's a comic over there i'm gonna leave names out of this because no one deserves to be wrapped up in this no, no one deserves to have their name tied to this tragic tragic day of wednesday the 8th of march the the worst just when i didn't think international women's day could get any worse it it, it found a way um truly awful stuff it but it, and one comic was on stage and just spent like 12 minutes going around and asking every crowd member what their dreams were. No one has dreams. There were no children in the audience. If you couldn't tell from the vibe of the room, I don't know how to help you, that life had beaten the dreams out of every single person on and off stage. Even the people going on stage who were presumably doing their dream in real time were like, what am I? What am I doing on it? Like my, <laughs> during one of the sets, one of my mates just led over to me and just goes, man, comedy is so bleak. It was a guy on stage talking about how tough his relationship is. And it was just, it was, it was such a stark reminder of how bleak comedy is almost all of the time. I know. I know you see Chris Rock on Netflix performing into a theater talking about something that happened to him at the Oscars. That is not comedy. Comedy is a recently singled 39-year-old man talking about how his kids won't return his calls. That's comedy. Okay? Comedy is a is a 24-year-old woman uh, making jokes about her relationship with her father because she hasn't found out a way to talk about it seriously yet. That's what comedy really is. It's not Taylor Tomlinson talking about her ups and downs with mental health. It is some woman you've never heard of talking about the downs she's had with mental health because that's all there's been. That's that's what comedy is. And boy, will you be reminded of it on Wednesday night. Um, and then, so I, I was on last, which was such a, oh, because you're sitting there and with every set that passes, you are just being reinforced that this is going to suck. Because you're like, every act, you're like, here's someone different, a different gender, age, perspective, take on things, and they did bad also. And look, don't get me wrong, not everyone, not everyone, people had some decent moments, but for the most part, oh, just, it was just so bad. And I was like, here's what I'll do. I've been doing this thing recently where I've been writing jokes on note cards, and I've been ranking them from one to five or one to eight or one to nine, where the highest number nine is the most offensive, one is the least offensive, and I get the crowd members to tell me which one should I read. Should I start at four? Should I start at one? Should I start at nine? Whatever it might be. And um, I'm like, I'm just going to go up there and I'm going to be like, I have nine jokes. That's all you guys have to put up with. Nine more jokes and we can get out of here. And uh, and you guys tell me. And you kind I just, I, I, I was trapped in a prison of my own making because I started doing them and they were just dying. 
No one wanted offensive jokes. No one cared who I was. I couldn't even give them the the kind of the the false pretense of well, at least we're just listening to a story that happened. At least this guy's just a regular person. No, I was like, hey, I know you guys seem to hate comedy. Here is nothing but comedy. I, I'm not even trying to make this seem personal. And oh, also, I know you guys have pulled back on every offensive thing anyone has said tonight. Here are the most offensive things that I could think about. Hey, you know who's been getting away with it too good for too long? Stroke victims. That's what I reckon I'll talk about now for the next seven minutes. And just, oh, it was just so... And then you're on stage and you're like, they hate this, but I have to finish it. I have nowhere else to go. And I come off stage and I'm kind of like laughing about like, oh, then that, that was bad. Hey, that was, a, that was a rough night. And then the comics just kind of sat around and the, the, the little bit of adrenaline of just being in front of the lights in front of people wore off and, and I just questioned every decision I'd made to, to lead to that point. It was so... I woke up the next morning. You know when you wake up and for like five seconds your mind is blank and you're like, oh, I am just... I am nameless human being making my way through the world. And I don't really remember what happened yesterday or what's happening tomorrow, but I, I know that I'm alive and that's good. And then five seconds later, it comes rushing in all the anxieties and the concerns. And, oh, yeah, I suck last night. Oh, my God, 14 people are probably thinking about what that fucking horseshit note card reading douchebag in the suit was doing. Oh. But then I went out on Friday night and crushed. So, who you know, what goes around comes around, bro, when you're as good as me. At this thing, it is, you know, it's the amount of comedians. Every comedian I know, I reckon, is is oscillating between depression and narcissism. Every night, I'm the worst comedian in the world. I am the one who was promised. That is all it ever is. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, this is, it feels very inside baseball today. I'm talking a lot about, a lot about comedy. A lot about, uh... A lot about Adelaide. Adelaide has been on my mind. Man, you don't know what it feels like just to log in to Facebook Ads Manager every day and see the every number go up except ticket sold. Every number of views, number of link clicks, money spent. Up, up, up. Ticket sold sideways because it's still zero. Fuck. Anyway, who cares? It's going to be fine. People have sold tickets to nobody before. I won't be the first one to do this. Be the first one in Adelaide. I look at these people in Adelaide who have like done nothing, no Instagram presence, no ads, nothing, you know. And and surely, sure, it wouldn't make what anyway. Anyway, I've got this thing. I'm uh, I've got a whole bunch of gimmicks for this show. Let's see how those go. I've got a, a a timer that I bought off Amazon. It's a it's a little hourglass. It lasts for ten minutes. It's got green sand in it. It looks like it's straight out of a preschool. Uh, possibly may have been. And it cost me $13 and arrived the next day. And I'm sure it was made ethically. Sorry, did I say ethically? Ethnically. I'm sure it was made ethnically. There is no way. If you look very closely, you can see the little smudges of just... No, that's too dark. Never mind. Don't worry about it. You know when you look at stuff, you're like, how did this cost 13 That makes no sense. Someone got fucked here along the way. And I bet it wasn't Jeff Bezos. Anyway... Um, look, I'm, I'm going to get out of here in a sec. It, I, I, it's, I've got a little bit of time left. Here's what I, here's what I got left for you. Here's what I left here. I got a little bit of, I, I want to talk about this Woody Harrelson movie, Champions. Has anyone seen this? I want to talk about the Woody Harrelson movie. And then what I'm going to do is I want to talk about, uh, not even talk about, I'm, I've, I've been working on, been working on my Taken, 
my taken impression of South African accent. So that's where it's coming last. If you want to hear that, you have to stick around to the very end. Or, you know, I mean, you do have the ability to fast forward. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't, because wait till you hear what I have to say about this Woody Harrelson movie no one's talking about. Has anyone seen this thing? It's called Champions. Let me see if I can find the synopsis for this. Because, I, you know, when you kind of like half are watching the ads on TV and a thing comes up and you only just kind of catch a little bit of it and you don't really, you don't, you're watching it, but you're not really taking it in. And then in the end, you're like, wait a minute, was that... Was that what I think that was? Was was that? Okay, here we go. This is the synopsis for the movie Champions with Woody Harrelson. It has a 4.8 out of 5 from Movie Insider, 53% run tomato, 7.2 IMDb. A former minor league basketball coach receives a court order to manage a team of players with intellectual disabilities. Now, there's more, but I don't think we need to talk about it anymore. This is a man... Woody Harrelson, to be specific, uh, is told to coach a team of uh, Down Syndrome basketball players. And do do you ever see something in the media that just makes you double check that it is not, in fact, 2004? I couldn't believe this still existed. I could not. But do you guys remember that Johnny Knoxville movie, The Ringer? where Johnny Knoxville pretends to be intellectually disabled so he can win a medal at the uh, <laughs> at the Special Olympics. Does does that ring bells to anyone? How is that aged? 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. 5.8 out of 10 at IMDb. That's not bad. That's pretty good. A comedy about a man who poses as mentally disabled to order in order to fraudulently enter the Special Olympics. Now, I would love to see that get a remake. I really would. But what, instead what we have is the movie Champions starring Woody Harrelson. It is like, if you watch the trailer, not once but twice in 90 seconds, someone faints as if they're going to say the R word and then pulls out, and the joke is that they don't say it. I mean, how I reckon the first draft of this script, there was at least a dozen times that happened. And they're like, guys, look, we all know, we all know the word retard is funny, and we want to say it without saying it, all right? We're going to have to address the elephant in the room now, which is that this is a movie about what used to be America's favorite word that we can't say anymore. Um, And unfortunately, there aren't even any specially abled rappers who can get away with it so we can enjoy it secondhand. That doesn't exist. Uh, (laughs) This is the crazy thing. It's getting good reviews. I'm guessing even the name Champions, I'm guessing it's all heartwarming and, and it's probably... It's probably the opposite of what I think it was. Because if this movie came out in 2004, every joke would have been, how funny is Down Syndrome? That would have been the entire movie. Whereas this is about, these are real people with hopes and dreams. And, uh, and, and, uh, and you know, I guess that's good too. 53% on Rotten Tomatoes, but 53% from reviewers, 96% from the audience. What is this about? Have you noticed this before? This like audience critic uh, just... This, what's, there's a word here. Well, the audience and critics seem to be like polar opposites when it comes to everything now. Nanette, 100% from critics, 22% from audience. Dave Chappelle, 0% from critics, 100% from audience. And my answer is almost like, I bet you're all wrong. I bet, you. I wish there was, you know, where it's like, you should be able to, you should be able to filter reviews 
in a way that just makes you understand who real people are. I mean, this is the problem with all of this stuff. The same with Yelp. Who has the time? I like we. They seem to be doing a fairly good job of it. But honestly, is anyone who has time to stop and review something on Yelp someone whose opinion we should be trusting? You know, when you like you read surveys, ninety-seven percent of people strongly agree that Australia needs a, a, a stronger voice in part or whatever. Who you know those people get paid like thirty cents to to finish a ten-minute survey. Who are these people? Who who are these opinion people who put such value on their on their opinions and willing to do it pro bono? Has anyone here ever reviewed anything online apart from this podcast? Which you should fuck. This is not. Hey, have you given this five stars on iTunes? Be one of the good ones. You know, I take it all back. I think the people who review things are saints among men, and we need more of them. And you can start by reviewing this podcast. Show some respect. Tom Whitcomb is talking. All right. I don't know. Has anyone seen this movie, Champions? If you have, let me know. People obviously seem to like it. What does this mean that critics hate it and the audience love it? What is that about? Because usually I get it when it's like Dave Chappelle and they're like, (laughs) everyone who kind of hates trans people is like, well, we need to get online. That is their number one channel for spreading that anyway. Um, And I'm not saying that you have to hate trans people to love Dave Chappelle, but I am saying if you do hate trans people, you probably love Dave Chappelle. That would make sense. Um, All right, here we go. Look, big ending, everybody. We've we've been ramping up to it. Those of you who've been listening to the podcast will know I've been working on my South African accent, reconnecting with the, the, the ethnic roots that I don't identify with whatsoever. One quarter South African, which allows me to do this. Um, and I've been, I've been asked, I've been asked, I've been asked to do, uh, uh, I, I said, I need a, a, a piece I need a monologue that I can use to test out my brand new South African accent. And it's better than that, I promise. I'm going to, for the first time, I'm going to give you this. I'm actually going to stop this and record this a few times to see how good it is. All right, so there you go. That's how much this means to me. Um, My, the one that I was given, the one that I was given a little bit after I've already started working on the Taken thing, but I might have to revisit, was to do Julia Gillard's misogyny speech in a South African accent, which is just mm, fantastic. That's so funny. And maybe that I'll have to tick this off, but I need to get a pass on this first. So here we go. It's the Taken monologue, and we're going to go out with this. It's the Taken monologue as performed by myself impersonating uh, part of my family a few generations back who uh, I don't know what their role was in apartheid, but um, I'm certainly not going to find out. All right, so here we go. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you are looking for ransom, I can tell you I don't have money. But what I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that I have acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. If you let my daughter go now, that would be the end of it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. What do we think? That was pretty... I'm pretty happy with that. This is... Guys, this has been literally hours of work listening to South African people talk on YouTube. What are they doing on there? What do they have to say? Well, I needed them to be there, unfortunately. I'm pretty happy. That was pretty good. What do we think? Julia Gillard misogyny speech next? Have I earned that right? I think so. I think... I think... I think... Oh, it's not getting any better than that, everybody. This is maybe... Maybe my Adelaide show is just, I'm going to do the whole thing as having an accent. Why waste the skills? 
Oh, look, guys, thank, thanks for tuning in for yet another episode. Please, if you have not already, like, subscribe. There's no way to like it. Subscribe it. Subscribe to the, the podcast. Tell your friends about it. Spread the word. Come out and see a show in Adelaide, Melbourne, and Sydney. You know where they are. But until then, I'll leave you to enjoy yet another week. And until then, I will speak to you next time on Show Some Respect, Don Wickham is talking. Good boy. Mm-hmm.